Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. 30 years ago this week, in fact yesterday, at the Capilano Golf and Country Club in Vancouver, Canada, um, one of the greatest achievements in New Zealand golf um, took place, uh, really, and it was... Uh, in the Eisenhower Trophy, the uh, Eisenhower was first played for in 1958, so uh, 34 years into it, uh, New Zealand won it and won it since, so uh, just makes it so much more special for those that were involved. A team of four went on that occasion, Michael Campbell, Phil Tatarangi, Stephen Scarhill, and the man on the line from uh, Taranaki talking to us now, Grant Moorhead. Uh, Grant, good morning to you, great honour to talk to you. Uh, 30 years ago, does it seem like that? Morning, Smithy. <laughs> In like 30 years ago, uh, <laughs> just uh, got a bit of a bad line at the moment, Grant. I don't know if you're uh, travelling or um, somewhere under, a, maybe under a tree or something in the in the clubhouse. Or yeah, um, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we got we got you now. That's that's a lot better, mate. Sorry. So that yeah, great recollection awesome. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mate, that, fantastic. Uh, how good are your memories of that time? Um, I'd say they're, they're a little bit cloudy, possibly. But uh, <laughs> we were saying the other day when we had a team Zoom, you know, that some of the memories, perhaps, uh, the, the pictures and videos that you've seen. Um, but you remember different things about it, uh, and it was certainly the culmination of a of quite a um, amazing few years, really, with the wider group that we had and it was for three of us the the pinnacle of our amateur achievements uh, before turning professional yeah it was uh, i mean it was just quite staggering i mean at the time the first time we won it we still have not done it since um we've uh, we got, went close on another occasion but um you know you you four will always remain the four at the moment uh, good to hear and you had you say you had a team zoom so you, you do keep in contact of sorts yeah, we do. Um, Philip and I keep in contact since we're both here in NZ and we see each other from time to time. Um, Scarzi's in Australia, has been for a long time, so it was good to chat to him on the Zoom and actually he had Lucas Parsons with him, Australian uh, professional golfer who was part of the Australian team at Vancouver. So that was quite cool as well and Pambo is obviously in Europe. So I haven't seen Cambo for a while, so it was great to catch up with him as well. And Roger Brunan, Brunan, of course, uh, our manager was there. Yeah, the manager, of course, Roger Brunan. Um Of course, uh, two years prior to that, uh, you were in the team that finished second equal. 
with Stephen Elker, Michael Long, and uh, Brent Patterson, of course. So you had had some experience in it, and that was here in Christchurch. Yeah, and, and of course that was a um, amazing occasion. The only time New Zealand's ever hosted the Eisenhower Trophy, and we really had a lot of advantages there, and felt like possibly at the end of all that that we should have won it there. But we had a poor third day and really kind of lost it on the third day. Really difficult conditions and the Shirley course in Christchurch, as you know, very difficult golf course. And uh, mm. the difference in Vancouver was we had a another really tough weather day when Scarzi and I were out in the afternoon and had the potential to ha- have the same thing happen, but we, we both ended up shooting even par that day and kept within two of the American team going into the final round. Well, that American team um, was um, made up of uh, four players as well, of course, two of which, David Duvall and Justin Leonard, who turned out to be major winners um, in the PGA ranks. Um, But you were trailing them going into the last day, and uh, at one point during that last round, you fell further behind. So how did you rally? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one in terms of what you mentioned before with the memories, because... um, it's easy to remember the end result and what happened in the sort of later stages of the front nine and the and the early stages in the back nine because that's where all the action took place as far as we were concerned. But I don't remember too much about the the, the start of the round. All I, well, I remember myself. I was had had these you know motivational talks with with Alex Mercer, our coach, and. I was all pumped and I got on the first hole, I was ready to go and I made bogey. So it <laughs> was a short, sharp shock. But uh, I then birdied the second and third and I remember that and then kind of vaguely remember the rest of the front nine and us all sort of getting a rough idea of where we stood uh, going into the back nine. But from the ninth hole to the 15th hole, we made something like a dozen birdies between the four of us and the Americans didn't make any, which was hard to believe really when you look at the calibre of their team. Um, And it's just one of those things that happen in sport, as you know yourself. Um, It just was kind of meant to be, I suppose. And all of a sudden we wandered up the last few holes and really just had to walk in. It wasn't tight at the end, um, which we all kind of full well expected it would be. Um, yeah, we had it in the bag with a two to three holes to go. A nice way to finish. Um, a, a nice thing to have uh, up your sleeve, sort of like uh, playing in the Ryder Cup in the second last match when you'd won it. Uh, the rest of the guys had already won it, but um, not quite that because you still have to hold out, of course. Uh, your team dynamic must have been an interesting one. You knew you all knew each other pretty well from amateur ranks going into it? Yeah, yeah we did. Um, we'd all played together a, a lot over the previous few years and Roger Brennan had been our manager right from the junior series teams we played in in Australia and all of us had been part of those uh, successful teams as well and so we'd had a really successful few years Um, we sort of had it over Australia during that period of time um, which is you know not all that common with New Zealand sport I'm sure you can relate to that with the cricket team in the mid to late 80s which we used to watch so fondly um, but yeah we'd had a lot of good results and a lot of good results in, in 92 and the, the makeup of the team yeah the way it fell I suppose the uh, Philip 
had a lot of good form in the last four or five months, probably even three or four months leading up to the selection, and he kind of forced his way into the team, I suppose, and, and the rest of us were, were pretty much set in place with our form over the previous uh, 12 months, and um, yeah, off we went. So we'd, we'd played a lot together, we knew each other well, we'd all known each other from, like I said, from junior days, but we were still a relatively young team, I suppose. Um, and yeah, as much as you can be confident, it just just because you go away and play well doesn't mean you're going to win an event like that. It's just one of those things when it all comes together, and you hope that it's it's good enough. Grant, uh, how many rounds or how much access did you have to Capilano before you teed off first round? I think we had two practice rounds at each of Marine Drive and Capilano, so we had a a, a pretty good build up and um, practice schedule. Marine Drive was really familiar sort of course to us. It was quite a, quite similar to a lot of the Christchurch courses. Um, poplar trees and reasonably flat I suppose most of it. Um, but it was quite similar in field to New Zealand golf course. Capilano was a bit hillier um, like really giant fir trees on the side. It was quite awkward from a perspective point of view because the trees were really really big so it made everything look small and it was uh, yeah, a bit hard in terms of judgment but um, we had enough enough preparation there and uh, like I said the, the grasses and, and all the condition of the course was quite familiar to us so that was that was an advantage. Right, a long way from home, uh, Canada. Um, those days, uh, y- your travelling days hadn't really started. But so you're a long way from home. But um, and you're up against the USA, which are the next door neighbours to Canada, of course. What were the levels of support like that you got? The support was really great. Uh, I guess the Canadians kind of got them behind us. Maybe it's the New Zealand, Australia, Canada, US thing. The sort of big brother, little brother thing. And um, so they were really. Yeah, really supportive. We had a, quite a big New Zealand contingent. Quite a few of the um, media were there. Gary Ahern was there. So there was reports coming back. And there was, I think, as Phil said the other night, it was there was a, a level of expectation, I think, because we'd finished second at Christchurch and we'd all been doing quite well. But um, Roger mentioned that, you know, still didn't, wouldn't have said that we were one of the favourites to win even though we were expected to do do pretty well. Um, but, yeah, the support was, was great. And it, it sort of it gathered momentum and, and the fact that it was us, little country versus big country, or, you know, the, mm. the dominant country in golf, I suppose, was uh, the underdog story. Grant, uh, it was also uh, a launching pad for uh, you all as well in, in some respect, um, and for you personally. Uh, later that year, you you turned pro, and uh, as a result of that, um, your life changed markedly. You started to treat the game as a, a professional uh, side of thing. You depended on it for your your livelihood, etc. Uh, but you've had a hell of a run uh, throughout 24 years, um, uh, all around the joint. 24 years PGA Tour of Australasia, four years a Canadian tour. You went back there, um, Asia, Corn Ferry, Europe. Man, you've you've been everywhere. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of different. Um, tours and filling in spaces, trying to give yourself a playing schedule, uh, and I played yeah probably pretty uh, not full time, full time probably 15 years, and then I I played up until I was 47, still a reasonable tournament schedule. Um, 
So yeah, I've played a lot, and I don't know if telling up tallying up all the tournaments, but pretty pretty cool cool experiences. I mean, it, it can go up up and down a bit when you're playing as a um, professional golfer around the world, but it's it's been great and certainly been you know an interesting life. And the golf side of it, I, I still love the game. So that, that's a good thing to get to this point and still love it because there's a, there's a few others that kind of you know throw it away. Um, Michael's playing a bit. If you take the team, Phil probably hasn't played competitively for quite some time, and Stephen probably hasn't played for 12 years, I suppose, 11 or 12 years. So it can go one way or the other when you're a professional golfer. But yeah, it's been a been an interesting journey and. And you know, a reasonably successful one, I suppose. And now, of course, uh, that continues on in your your role at West Town. Yeah, well, I'm quite heavily involved in coaching, and I have been for a number of years. But since the the COVID pandemic came along, golf certainly had a resurgence. Uh, and of the last two and a half years, I've it's really been the first time I've predominantly coached and not really played very much tournament golf. So it's interesting, and I've got involved with a number of clubs, coaching uh, junior golfers, uh, which has been great. Uh, we are actually heading up to the junior and provincial. My son's playing for the Taranaki team this week, so that'll be good. There's a few boys there that I coach in the team. And so, yeah, it's uh, carrying on the involvement in the game, and uh, it's, it's just great to be you know, working with people helping them out, helping the, them to get enjoyment out of you know, what's such a great game. Uh, that's interesting. I was going to ask you about that because uh, the, the, the Moorhead legacy continues with uh, you know, uh, your son Jackson, who's 14 years of age. Just to give people at home uh, an idea about um, the talent of young golfers ar- around uh, this country, uh, that team, what, what would their handicaps be? Well, Jackson's on a six-point-something Um and he actually played a boy from Canterbury yesterday afternoon. Uh, he went down to him three and two, but the boy he played against was on a one. And he was their, sure. their number two player in the under-16. So there's four under-19s and two under-16s. And, and in the Auckland team, you've got Josh By, who just played junior President's Cup. You've got basically a, a whole group of really, you know, almost quite well-known names in that who are all under 19 and, and probably at least half of them are under 16 which is quite amazing some of the scores these kids are, are shooting these days but I think we all we always do produce a lot of talent um, it's just getting them if they want to pursue a, a career as an elite golfer getting the supports around them because that's a difficult thing about being a pro golfer is you know once you get out there as you know with any any sport if you haven't got the backing it's 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 quite hard. Uh, you need a lot of financial backing and you need a, quite a bit of guidance to make that switch. It's definitely a, a huge step up. And, of course, in recent times, the a lot of the tours outside of the major ones have been devastated with COVID, so it's been tough for a lot of our young professional golfers or the ones that were really just starting to get established. Um, I mean, it's great seeing you know Foxy playing like he is and um, Lydia playing well again. And you know some of our other guys performing well, guys and girls performing well. So that's an inspiration for everyone and shows that that it can be done. A contemporary of yours by the name of uh, Stephen Elk is doing pretty well for himself. 
Uh, tempted, Grant Moorhead? Tempted? <laughs> yeah, well, Steve's doing great and, you know, it's just awesome. Um, he's really a Mr. Golf, you know. He's he's much like in the mould of, of Bob Charles. It's just, you know, keep going and going and going. And he's lived in the States for a long time, so it certainly makes, you know, access to, to attempting the, the American Seniors Tour uh, a little bit more of an option. Um, I don't think I'm interested in getting out there and travelling, especially with our, our kids at the age they are and being away for months on end. Um, but if you had a base there, it'd, it'd be fine. And I thought about playing a bit of senior stuff in Australasia, but unfortunately I turned 50 a month before COVID arrived and, and so all the tournaments basically fell over. So uh, it's possibly something, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next year and um, take it from there. Grant, uh, where do you see um, professional golf at the moment uh, with uh, Greg Norman's Live Golf uh, invading or trying to invade the scene? Um, where do you, do you see a compromise? Where, where do you see it finishing this? Yeah, um, I don't think it's a, a bad thing. I mean, it's all the political arguments, I guess, and, and you know where the money's coming from and all that. But I think you know the PGA Tour you know, really have become a bit closed shop they really haven't grown it out the game outside of the u.s um as opposed to say the Ameri- uh, the ladies tour which have got a lot of events around the world um so hopefully there's some sort of compromise it is a pity that australia asia japan maybe didn't get together in the 90s and, and form a strong tour in this part of the world because uh the australasian tour south africa that they all really kind of lost a lot when they went into co-sanction agreements and uh, lost their sort of identity a bit and ended up with some big events and a lot of small ones. So it'd be good to see some strength in this part of the world as far as a professional tour goes. When you talk about options for Australasian players, uh, particularly and players coming out of New Zealand. So yes, it's definitely going to shake things up. There's some incredible sums of money being bandied about but uh, I say to some of the young boys I coach that well, you know there you go you, you might just be in the right place at the right time in a few, a few years time. The amazing thing for me is I saw a photo of you the other day uh, you're still in great nick mate you still fit the, the Eisenhower jacket. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just just slightly more snug than it was then um, <laughs> but yeah that's just me you know I, I try to stay reasonably active I like getting on the bike and cruising around New Plymouth with all the bike trails and the walkway and all that. So mm. it's uh, pretty good for that. And it's good for rest and relaxation. And, of course, I'm on the golf course still a lot, mostly coaching, but still getting in a few holes. And Jackson's always keen for an, uh, a round or nine holes, you know, wherever, whenever we're near the golf course. Great. And we've got to walk. Um... We can't we'll go in a cart. Uh, I got to walk. Okay, uh, that's a bit yeah. foreign to me. Uh, hey, hey, Grant. Uh, you know when you see when you and you only have to Google uh, the Eisenhower winners list and uh, look at the teams and the, and then the players that have have come through, uh, been successful or gone close in this event. Um, T. Woods is uh, one of them. Uh, Sergio Garcia, another one. As I mentioned, uh, Mickelson, Duval, Leonard. Uh, do you pinch yourself at how, how great your achievement was? Uh, do you have to remind yourself of how great it was when you, you consider what's come out of the Eisenhower? Yeah, 
I think it was an amazing thing. You know, there was the New Zealand golf vision of winning the Eisenhower, and um, we felt like, I mean, the fact it's only been in New Zealand once, it'd be great to see it back here, but, you know, we felt mm. like that was a great opportunity for us, and um, in hindsight, you know, you just sort of think we probably should have won that, and then you think, oh, is that our opportunity gone? But, yeah, there's a lot of great players have been through there, um, so many great players. I mean, Phil Mickelson was there at Christchurch, Um and some of those players, of course, the American players. If you, I think I made this point in a in the newspaper article the other day that you consider that we played quite a bit of golf in Australia, and it's a great testing ground. Australia it really is their, their golf course was a, a second to none. But a, a large amount of our golf was played here on New Zealand courses, which you know at the time we've got some bigger courses now. Uh, you would think it'd be hard to match up and uh, you consider what the American uh, build up would have been or the European teams just so much more comprehensive much higher level um, competition week in week out and much better resourced so yeah it it is quite staggering really when you think about it but I think uh, you know we do have a lot of good golfers come out of this country but it's just uh, when you turn professional um, the Mickelsons of this world and Justin Leonard's and the US Amateur Champions, you know, they certainly have a big leg up when it comes to the professional game. But it does stand out as a great, you know, a great achievement. Um, and it was, and it's not an easy thing to win. As I said, you can go away and you can play well and you can shoot a good score, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. So it was a, a pretty special achievement. Grant Moorhead, uh, been um, great catching up with you, uh, reliving uh, some of those memories from uh, 30 years ago. Great to hear that you're still uh, so actively in, uh, involved in golf and passing on your knowledge to the youth, including your son. Good luck for that uh, tournament this week, and hey, hey, thanks very much for your time. It's been fantastic catching up. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Smithy. Great talking to you. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.